Before we get started into our message, I want to uh, give Prophet Shante a little opportunity, not a little, but just give her an opportunity to share in song for us today. Uh, that place, all the places of our hearts, he is awesome. In the firmament of his power, he is awesome. We thank God, he's awesome everywhere that he is. So anyway, let's get to this series today. The Building Blocks of Glory, okay? Now, if you were on our media, social media pages, Life Nation, you would see that we have an artwork that was called Kingdom Vision. And in that artwork, you will see a city of gold. And you see a lot of uh, boxes of many different colors and sizes coming from that. Well, that's an artwork called Kingdom Vision. I did that some over 20 years ago. And some of the things that God had blessed me to see within that vision, I'm going to be sharing today. Okay, I've shared a little bit before, but we're really going to get it into today. So that's where the building blocks of glory comes from. We look at the building blocks, building, building. Uh, one thing I like about Life Nation is that we do not take nothing for granted. Uh, we Amen. want you to understand the very foundation of the things that we're talking about. So when we talk about building, uh, we're not necessarily talking about um, a structure, but we're talking about a process, you know, to build. You look at the foundation, the word build. This is going to be exciting. I love just putting it in the simplest of terms. The build means to form by ordering and uniting materials by a gradual, look at that, gradual means into a composite whole. I love it. I love that definition. To form by ordering, look at that order, and uniting, look at those words, order and uniting materials by gradual means into a composite whole, okay? Um, I love, here's a second definition, which I really enjoy too in this whole thing, is to build means to develop according to a systematic plan. <sighs> by a definite process. Systematic plans, definite process. Uh, another one, real simply means, build means to increase or enlarge, all right? So that's another, just most simplest, to increase or enlarge, when we get very uh, general in the term. Now in the Hebrew, the word for build is called bena. B-A-N-A-H. B-A-N-A-H. And what's so funny is that when you look at build in Hebrew, in many occasions it refers to as house. Or place. Dwelling. That's kind of where we get at in the Hebrew. So when we look at building, is literally... Establishing an order of dwelling and being. <laughs> oh, it's getting I'm, I'm getting too excited. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. All right. Whew. All right. Now, let's go to the other part of our uh, topic. 
glory. Glory, I, I tell you one thing. In public services and corporate worship assemblies and facilities where Prophet Shantai and I have been at, when we talk about glory, man, I love to shout the term glory. Glory. Um, but glory is not necessarily a shouting term. I tell you, even for our own personal self, we have to really um, deconstruct traditional patterns and really look at what the definition of things really are. Glory means a high state of honor. You hear many times the, the preacher or someone or the worship leader say, give God glory. Give God glory. Well, yeah, we can exclaim glory with vocabulary. But really, glory means to understand a high state of honor of a thing. Okay? Another definition I like to look at here is that it is the majesty and dignity. Or honor of men due to their adornment or for their position. Glory is positional. I want us to understand that. It's not how loud you shout. It's not how much you sweat in the building. It's not how much you run around or dance. It is a state of being. So when you look at the building blocks of glory, when you're building, you are dwelling and existing in a state of honor. So giving God glory is an infinite process. If you look at the Hebrew, the word glory actually means kabod. K-A-B-O. I know you heard that before. K-A-B-O-D. Which is heavy in weight. So if you look at an example, it is the weighty importance and a shining majesty that accompanies God's presence. So when God's presence come in, it's weighty. It's something to be adorned. There's dignity behind it. You don't add or subtract it from it. For example, when a king or a queen, a prime minister or a uh, president of a, or of a sovereign nation walks into a room, it's, 
there is a glory that they have, which is established by their position that you admire and you bring dignity and you honor what it is that they are. It's not a, hey, what's up, bruh, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> there's a respect, like we said, there's a, there's, a, there's a dignity, there's an honor, there's an adorning because of the position that one holds, okay? God is majestic. God is to be honored. You don't add or subtract to his glory. When his glory is recognized, you revere it. Okay? So anyway, let's look at let me keep moving here. Just getting definitions, some definitive terms in here. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. I love this verse. I love this verse. Um, God gave me this one. Basically, he, God, has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. Everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. We talk about glory. There's a glory that God has, but there's a glory that is established with everything that God makes. <sighs> Let me keep reading. He has planted, look at this, excuse me. He, God, has also planted eternity. A sense of divine purpose in the human heart. A mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, cannot comprehend, cannot grasp what God has done. His overall plan from beginning to end. We talked about building was developed according to a systematic plan. We talked about building being a form of ordering and uniting materials by gradual means. Well, think about this. God has an overall plan throughout eternity. Look at this. Mankind themselves Builds with the limitations of sand, with rock, with steel, with wood, with glass. Glass is just sand and stone, really. <laughs> Man also builds with plastics. So if you look at those raw materials like sand, rock, steel, wood, glass, and plastic, these are valuable things. These physical components or building blocks or ingredients, materials, they bring incredible beauty to the limited space of humanity. 
Why do I say that? Look at the pyramids. People are still marveling on how they put all that rock together at such large forms in such vast area as humans. That's beautiful, but it's limited. Look at Solomon's temple. I did a study uh, some years ago. Well, the temple is literally was a trillion dollar project. Not million, not billion, but trillion dollar project in today's economic standard, all right? You even have the great Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world in Abu Dhabi, all right? There's millions of square footage of beautiful architecture, which is based up of sand, rock, steel, wood, and glass, and plastic. And you look at the countless forms of architecture or things that are in the material world that have been created out of these raw components. It's breathtaking. It's one of the reasons why I got into the field of study and the profession that I'm in now. It's amazing to see how you can take some of the most rudimentary things and put them all together, even with our limited human understanding, and make such brilliance. Oh, my God. Even that beauty of those limited materials that humanity is familiar with working with. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Look how many millions of types of things that you make from these temporal materials. It's only temporary. Solomon's temple, the original one that was built, is no longer in existence. But it still remembers. All right? That's a long story. I don't want to get into that off my um, subject here. But anyway, the Lord put him on heart that he uses weighty components. That means God uses glorious components. Everything that God uses comes from his mind. Everything that exists comes from his thoughts. Everything that exists has glory because it comes from him who is glorious. God uses his glorious components which span all eternity. God makes all eternity beautiful with his components that come from his mind. Amen. You think Einstein was brilliant? You think the great innovators like uh, of our day were brilliant, like Steve Jobs? You think Imhotep that great architect and physician from the Egyptian early dynasties was amazing, which he was. They were limited into space and time, whereas God's mind 
And the things that God develops out of his mind are eternal. Not only are they eternal, but there's infinity with the amount of things that God creates out of his mind. God's systematic plan is revealed over eternity. Not only does he have eternal abilities and endless and infinite amount of things he can create, but they are not revealed all at once. They are revealed systematically throughout eternity, not just in a few days. Not just in a few months. Not just in a few years. Not even just in a few millennia. Look at how many physical years as defined by man that it took to create planet Earth. God spoke it out of his mind. But it took millions of years for it to formulate To me, that's some power. <laughs> Prophet. And you know, this is my lovely subject. So oh. one of my favorite subjects, because in the scheme of things, we are but a piece of a pebble. <laughs> We're not even a pebble when it comes <sighs> to the universe. We are a piece of a pebble in the midst of a vast universe in the midst of one of many millions of galaxies. Mm. And he chose to come see about us. Mm. Look at this. Like us, the thing that when we talk the building blocks of glory, each segment of time, of the existence of time and space, gets another building block revealed. doesn't mean that it's not already there because in the mind of God is the beginning and the end. There's a cycle of, of time that has no beginning, that has no end, that his mind and his thoughts roll on for eternity and his thoughts always produce newness. So we may think something is new because we might be exposed to it. But it's not new because it was in the mind of God and it already existed. It's just that we had the time chain of events that allow us to be exposed to what's in God's mind, which is beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Prophet. I would say it this way. God's eternity is on collision course with our finiteness in the earth. Mm. And when those two things intersect, we get what we call new for our age. <laughs> oh my God. There's something that God dropped in me that was so intense, that was so amazing, that I want to share it with you today before I get to the scripture. You know, the Bible talks about the heaven and earth, and it talks about a new heaven and earth. 
That's what the Lord gave me. He said the old heaven and earth and the new heaven and earth is an orbital revolution around God's space. <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't believe he told me this. Just how the earth revolves on an orbital axis around the sun, <laughs> the new heaven, the new earth, and the existing earth, they are orbiting around God's eternity. If you want to see the systematic plan of God, you have got to access his mind. Surely God would do nothing or reveal nothing unless he reveals it through his servants to prophets. That's Amos 3 and 7. Oh my gosh. Prophet. And this is very important to note because I heard the Holy Spirit just say this as you said that. Mm. He said to see the plan of God, you must access the mind of God. And that is not synonymous with accessing the mind of religion. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to just say that. <laughs> say that. Religion is extremely, extremely a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck. In many instances, religion is not even of God. But anyway, let's look at this here. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Okay? His all-knowing nature is there because of his all-being. As we talked about, um, build means like dwelling or, you know, and glory is, the, is a state of dwelling. Okay? Well, God has his, he's all being. Humanity is a segment of God's mind. It's a segment of God's mind, which makes us human beings. And a human being is the life of God's image limited to manifested time. Oh my goodness! I'm rocking on that. Let me uh, let me stay on the camera, so I'm fall out here. Humanity is a segment of God's mind, which makes us human beings or dwellings. Because we talked about glory, we talked about building, we talked about house, we talked about dwelling. We are a limited, manifested dwelling of God in flesh. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. So man was a creation of God. in his physical presence within a short space of time throughout all eternity. To understand the glory of who we are, who is man that thou art mindful of him, as David was saying. We must transcend humanity to access God's eternal 
systems. Praise Jesus. Prophet, you have something here? Amen. Oh boy. <laughs> I hope you're getting some out of this because I'm going slow and I really want you to get some of this greatness here that God is showing. Psalm 8. Psalm 8. 3. Well, Psalm 8, 1 through 9. Mm -hmm. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory right. above the heavens. Right. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest fill the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou hast visited him? But thou hast made him, made, built, designed him, a little lower than the angels, and has crowned him with glory <laughs> and honor. Mm. Thou made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All the sheep and oxen and beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth so you see even the prophet king poet david is beginning to give you a picture of the glory that is not only in man because you've been created as a glorious like you said um dwelling in god's likeness you've been cre created in glory but you've also been Given glory. <laughs> the glory of God is not just the 1950s. <laughs> People swear that 50s was the glory days. The days where we had exclusivity, where different ethnicities couldn't even worship God together in peace, where they couldn't even live together in peace because of darkness and sin in the earth. But we have to understand that God's glory on earth is humanity. Because the state and the being of God and the likeness of God was put onto an earth realm to be his glory on earth. So we are God's building blocks of glory. His expression, his strength, his identity, his brilliance is manifested in the glory on earth through humanity. All right. Now, I'm going to turn to Revelations 21. This is one of my all-time favorite passages in the entire book of the, the entire Bible. <laughs> of all 66 books that we know as the canonized books and the other ones. As well beyond those 66 but revelation 21 just is one of my hall of faith to express god's books of glory revelation 21 i'm gonna read the first seven verses then i'm gonna jump down to verse 10 through 21 then if i get time i'll go to 22 through 27 okay so verse one this is john then i saw 
a new earth with no oceans and a new sky for the present earth and sky had disappeared. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. It was glorious in sight. Beautiful as a bride at her wedding. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look! The dwelling, the home of God is among men. He will live with them or dwell with them and they will be his people. Yes, God himself will be among them. He will wipe away tears from their eyes. There should be no more death, sorrow, crying or pain. All that has gone forever. All that has gone forever. Hallelujah. Verse 5. And the one sitting on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Then he said unto me, Write this down. What I tell you is trustworthy and true. It is finished. I have the A and Z, the beginning and the end. I will give to the thirsty the springs of the water of life as a gift. Everyone who conquers will inherit all these blessings. I'll be his God and he will be my son. So we have to understand a couple of things here. I'm going to jump ahead of myself, all right? The glory of God is his humane creation. Oh my gosh. Like um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made us understand that the brightness of his glory that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. But this precious treasure, this light and power that now shine within us, is held in a perishable container. Everyone can see that the glorious power within must be of God. It's not our own. Look at this. The weight of God's glory. We talked about glory being weighty. The honor, the majesty of him is in mankind. When you look at example, the weight of glory, which we'll get to in a minute in Revelation, is gold is referred to as, as talents. You know, the talent, if you look at the Bible, was a was a was a unit of measure representing the weight of gold. People think, and this is a parable now as I'm talking, in that Revelation 21, which we'll read a little later, um, further verse, it talked about the city of God being as transparent gold. Okay? Gold is weighty. Gold has extreme value to it. When you look at a talent of gold, all right, people think a talent of gold is like a little quarter or a little uh, token. A talent of gold 
is 110 pounds. So when God says he gives you a talent of gold, it's particularly as it refers to the scripture about the talents, he gave one one, he gave one five, he gave you know one uh, two talents, right? A talent of gold is literally 110 pounds. 110 pounds is 1,760 ounces. In today's unit of measure, an ounce of gold is $1,797. So when someone says, we'll give you a one talent, one talent of gold, that was God like give you $3.1 million. <laughs> We're talking about glory, the weightiness of God. And most people understand weightiness through financial aspects. Gold, one talent, 110. If I want to give someone a talent of gold, you literally will need a hand truck to carry that amount of weight to someone to grant it to them. And what I'm trying to tell you is that in human finite limitations, this gold that's, that is basically nearly $2,000 per ounce was literally the floor, the walls, the ceiling, and the roof <laughs> of God's eternal kingdom. One ounce is very small amount. So you can imagine the entire thing about driving down the highway. And we know highways are made of asphalt. Think about that every piece of asphalt being gold. This is the glory that God is trying to represent and share to us about the value and the merit of what he's created, of his building blocks, okay? If you look at the leadership of, people, of just a couple of individuals like David and Solomon, David was a man after God's heart, after God's mind. So David was able to pull out of the mind of God and release the weightiness of God into an earth realm through music, through planning, through assembly. There were things that were crafted in the earth because of David having access to the mind of God. So by him having access to the mind of God, he was able to release that piece of glory of God in the earth. His talent, so to speak, figuratively speaking, was great worship and vision to build. Look at Solomon. Solomon's also accessed the mind of God. And God gave him wisdom beyond measure. That was his talent or his weightiness that was released into the earth. So the wisdom that God 
gave Solomon was an ability to produce something that was glorious, to be revealed of God in the earth. The thing that, that amazed me about Solomon is that his wisdom was able to allow him to access, inf I mean, extreme amounts of wealth because of his wisdom. Because of his wisdom. He asked God for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom on how to access so much. God's, the wisdom and the talent and the glory on Solomon was so intense that he got a gift of 120 talents of gold from another ruler because they admired his wisdom. Solomon himself had 34 tons of gold brought <laughs> by his workers to help put into the building project. Now, who's going around bringing 34 tons of gold? That's just, that's just, that's just one part of it. 34 tons, that's 1,088,000 ounces. 34 tons of gold is $2 billion. So when we talk about the weightiness of God, I'm giving you the parable showing you financial terms about just how significant it is to carry and be the glory of God. They say Solomon's, his net worth, because of the wisdom he amassed from the timelessness of God, made his net worth at $2.1 That's more than anyone on the Forbes list multiplied. I think one of the largest numbers on the Forbes list is $110 billion for one person's net worth. We're talking about Solomon had over $2 trillion. He asked God for wisdom. God gave him wisdom. He was able to release the mind of God into the earth to establish something in a space of time that's been unprecedented. So what I'm trying to tell you through these couple of examples is that God's building blocks literally come from the glory in his mind transferred into the heart of the glory he has on earth. So it's a double glory. Christ himself gives a weighty measure to those who he entrusts. Christ redeemed us and placed his immeasurable value in us. If God would allow a snippet of his wisdom being released into man to allow one man to amass $2 million, $2 trillion, we have to understand we can never underestimate 
the value of what God has for you to bring from heaven to earth. Jesus drops off his glory to be traded in the earth. He wants his glory, his majesty, his honor, his weightiness to be released all throughout the earth. The holiest, that holy, glorious exchange and increase is what Christ offers to you to release so that the earth realm, this time and space that we're in, can be rewarded with the glory of God manifest. Mm -mm -mm. The King of Kings, just who Jesus has represented, drops deposits to kings. So the region or area of leadership and glory that he wants to release in the earth gets distributed, not hoarded. So in the nutshell, we have to understand that glory is not there to be hidden. Glory is there to be revealed. A high state of honor. That's what glory talks about. A high state of honor. Majesty, dignity, and honor. If something is hidden, it's very difficult to be honored. John the Revelator, okay, he accessed the heart and the mind of God because what he was sharing was a vision and he chronicled what he saw that transcended his humanity. John was familiar with Jerusalem. So when he saw a city that was beyond time and space realm, he referred to it as a new Jerusalem because all he was familiar with was the current Jerusalem. But it was much more grand. We can understand God's dwelling far exceeds what can ever happen in a physical land of Jerusalem. Don't miss what I'm saying. The glory of God is not limited to one geographic location. So having arguments and fights over holy sites is nothing compared to the glory that God wants to reveal through us. Look at this, verse 10. You are the holy site. You are the holy site. The glory of God is not a location. The, holy, the, holy, the glory of God is not a territory. It's not America. It's not Israel. It's not Egypt. It is in 
his glory, which is humanity. So we got to stop this fighting over holy sites. Putting more significance on something that is far beneath the glory of God. Don't shoot the messenger. Verse 10. In the vision, God took me to a towering mountain peak. From there, I watched that wondrous city, the Holy Jerusalem. Now, understand, the reason why John was saying Jerusalem is because that was the limitation of his knowledge of a place. Okay? So, when we talk about he saw a wondrous city descending out of the skies from God. It was filled with the glory of God and flashed and glowed like a precious gem, crystal clear like jasper. Its walls were broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. Three gates on one side, the north, the south, the east, and the west. The walls had 12 foundation stones. On them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel had in his hand a golden measuring stick to measure the city and its gates and the walls. And when he measured it, he found it square, wide it is long. In fact, it was the form of a cube, for its height was exactly the same as its other dimensions. Okay? Verse 17. Then he measured the thickness of the walls. <laughs> the, <laughs> the thickness of the walls and found them to be 216 feet wide. You think the Great Wall of China? Even though this is figuratively speaking, 216 feet wide. The typical building construction, you have either 8 inch or 12 inch block. Then you have brick or something like that. So you may have 1 foot or 1 foot 4 inches, or, but definitely no more than 2 feet wide. So when we look at the glory of God, the glory of God manifested in a place far exceeds anything human can imagine. Okay? Verse 18 through 20. The city itself was pure. Transparent gold like glass. If you think about those of you who Trekkies are out there, those who may remember, there was a thing called transparent aluminum. <laughs> well, just think about where they got that from. <laughs> we have transparent gold. So there was gold that was so clear and so pure it was like glass. The wall was made of jasper. It was built on 12 layers of foundation stones inlaid with gems. The first layer, jasper. The second with sapphire. The third with chaldonsi. The fourth with emerald. The fifth with sardonyx. The sixth with sardius. The seventh with crystallite. The eighth with beryl. The ninth with topaz. The tenth with chrysophrase. The eleventh with jacinth. And the twelfth with amethyst. All right, the 12 gates were made of pearls, and each gate of a single pearl, and the main street was pure, transparent, gold-like glass. We're not going to get into a physical description of what this is here, 
But what John was expressing was that the city of God, the dwelling of God, what God was building, his systematic plan far exceeded anything that was ever created. Every one of the most precious, valuable gems and pearls and gold that was known to John in his time were represented in that place. That place was a glorious dwelling. But guess what? Verse 22 through 24 really answers what this was really about. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God omnipotent himself and the Lamb are its temple. So stop fighting over temples and buildings. Where to be in the building at? Because we don't, there ain't no temples in, in the glorious places of God. Alright? First. See, all right, excuse me. Okay, let me get back to my regular English. And the city has no need for sun nor the moon to give light to it. For the splendor, radiance, glory, the majesty of God illuminates it. And the Lamb is its lamp. Verse 24, the nation shall walk by his light and the rulers of the earth shall bring into it their glory. And his gates shall not be closed by day, and there shall be no night there. They shall bring the glory and the splendor and majesty and the honor of nations into it. So in other words, as glorious as the city of God is, the greatest glory, the most weighty part of this city or the place in the dwelling of God is the people. who are the building blocks of his glory. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have to stop limiting who we think we are. This woe is me, this low self-esteem, this like, oh, I'm just a lowly somebody. This is not what God has designed us to be. We have to eradicate this sense of false humility and self-depreciation and self-flagellation that the adversary really wants us to think of us less than who we are. Oh my gosh. So much more to say, but I'm going to pause right here, praise God, and next week we're going to jump into Luke 17. So, at this point, I'm going to turn over to Prophet Shante and have her close us out for the day. Thank you for listening, and I pray you get some out of this, this snippet, first segment of glory. Amen. Well, lots to think about and lots to contemplate. Lots to think about and lots to contemplate. So the question is, have you been limiting the glory of God 
to a space, to a denomination, to a religious order? Or do you understand that you are God's operating glory in the earth? Let's pray into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love and your kindness and your mercy. Thank you for your word on today. Thank you for helping us to understand that we are your very glory and the weight of what you want to do in eternity rest on the inside of us. Yes. Help us as your people, Father, to understand the glory and the honor that we're supposed to bring into your eternal kingdom. Help us to know what our place is in this life. Help us to understand our value in this life. Help us understand our calling in this life so that we can bring in to you the glory that was made manifest through our time here on earth. You are our temple. And the sooner we understand that, the better. Christ rests in us who is the hope of glory. He is our hope. He's the one that helps us to continue to do the will on this earth. Lord, you have made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. And thank you for planting a sense of divine purpose in our heart. A longing that nothing under this sun can satisfy except you. So Father... Help us to seek out your face so that we can comprehend the divine purpose that you placed us here for. Let us not waste any time fighting over trivial things. Amen, Jesus. But help us to understand and to number our days so that what we, what we put out into the earth is exactly what you want that will bring you glory. And I thank you, Father. For this word on today, helping us to understand our value and that your how you see us is not limited to this realm, but you're looking at us through an eternal lens and help us to get to the place where we look at ourselves through an eternal lens. You are all seeing, you are all knowing. Help us to tap into your all-knowing so that we can move mm. through this life in a way that brings you honor, in a way that brings you glory. And Father, we know that you don't sidestep joy in the midst of all of that. So we thank you for the joy in being glory carriers. Mm. We thank you for the joy in being people of glory. We thank you for the joy and the grace to fulfill our purposes in you. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray and believe. Amen and amen. We want to thank you for your 
tuning in today. If you would like to share in this ministry and offer uh, financial support, you can do that through our cash app, dollar sign, Life Nation. Or you can go to paypal.me forward slash Life Nation. Until next Sunday, Lord willing, we pray the blessings and the peace of God and the forward movement in your life in your purpose, in the glory that you're supposed to be revealing in the earth, be made manifest in this coming week. Take care, and God bless you. Amen.